Why do you linger here when there is no hope? There is still hope. Tempted to think there's no hope for overcoming some of the challenges of modern life? Ask an elf. Or a hobbit. Tune in Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. with Milo Lomsdown at your service and... Tani Tenuvial, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. For What Would Arwen Do? on KUCI Irvine, 88.9 FM and streaming live on KUCI.org. The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. to KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, Orange County's alternative radio station, and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? Broadcasting from UC Irvine, Tuesdays 4 to 5 p.m., alternating weeks with Phenomenal Woman, hosted by yours truly. I am Tani Tanuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf, Welcome and my govanin to everyone listening, whether you are joining us live or online, and to my enduring and charming Hobbit co-host. I am Mola, Milo Lonesdown at your service, Elf Princess, and our audience is listening to What Would Arwen Do on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming live, as always, at KUCI.org. You can contact us with meth- comments, questions, suggestions, Anything, praise or or recommendations at askanelf at yahoo.com. The email address, A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F at yahoo.com. We would love to hear from you. You can find podcasts of our show and information about all the wonderful public affairs programs of KUCI at www.kucitalk.org. You can also find podcasts for What Would Arwen Do at iTunes. Just go to the iTunes store to download the free podcast. Search for Arwen, that's A-R-W-E-N, and we will be one of the things that show up in the iTunes store result list for free downloads. Thank you, dear Hobbit, for telling us about that. I love that you always cover the practical aspects 
lots of things, whereas we elves tend to just kind of roam around with our um, eyes on the heavens and our head in the stars <laughs> and the clouds. In case you are tuning in for the very first time, you may be wondering what this show is all about. Well, if a Middle-earth elf lived today in Southern California, in Irvine to be more precise, what might her life look like? How would she, as a modern elf, celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures, things the elves care deeply about? Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? And that is a very good question. But on this program, when challenges in life arise, or as the wizard Gandalf said to Frodo, questions, questions that need answering, we like to ask, what would Arwen do? Who was Arwen, you may be wondering? In J.R.R. Tolkien's Mythology of Middle-Earth, Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince among elves and the lord of Rivendell, a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light, a beloved daughter of the universe, like all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth, or an elvish Arda. I believe that Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige. With great privilege comes responsibility. In her, we, ser- we see courage, wisdom, beauty, a sense of humor, and gaiety, and service to others. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's. Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God and his created world. So, my dear hobbit... Our goal, our our hope and desire, as always, is that people will be inspired by tuning into the show to find their creative gifts and enrich the world with those. Absolutely. And if you want to be even more creative, you can join the Veggie Grill for a Ah. KUCI fundraiser. Today, that's Tuesday, December the 6th, 2011, from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific Time, if you mention the KUCI fundraiser, At the Veggie Grill, which has been named as one of L.A.'s top ten new restaurants by City Search, voted number one new restaurant in Orange County by the O.C. Register, and one of L.A.'s can't-miss eats by L.A. Magazine, stop by the Veggie Grill at 4213 Campus Drive here in Irvine. It's right next to Trader Joe's. If you mention the KUCI fundraiser, then 50% of your food and beverage purchase will be donated to KUCI. Well, thank you. And I, of course, we elves love veggie grill. (laughs) And we hobbits love to eat. This could well be one of my six meals today. Oh, yes. Well, um, I... I don't know if it's going to be dinner or supper, but something. And, and Veggie Grill, in case you don't know, is located right here across the street from UC Irvine. So in case you're a student and you don't have a car, you can just walk right across the street. And they're and, open till like 10 or 11 o'clock, I think. And it's a lovely day in the Shire for a walk. Oh, Absolutely. my gosh. It's beautiful. We're very blessed to be here. Well, we have got to move along today because we are very excited to announce that we have a very special guest uh, that will be calling in a little bit later in the show, not too much later, just about uh, 7. 
seven minutes from now, Robert Patterson. His new uh, CD, The Book of Goddesses, released today, and we will be speaking with him about that. In the But first, we must have movie news, and we're going to play a little bit of the music to whet people's appetite for this absolutely amazing, beautiful... Amazing music and a beautifully oh, produced album. Absolutely. I almost wish we have video, because the gold glinting from the beautiful cover of this hardbound yes. CD... Just gorgeous. With this goddess right here on the front. And And the uh, illustrations throughout the liner notes are just marvelous. But we have to cover movie news because there's exciting stuff. And and what movie would this be, just in case someone's tuning in and wondering, what movie in the world are they talking about? Well, The Lord of the Rings was released in three parts, in 2001, 2002, and 2003. And guess what's happening just a couple of weeks from now in Los Angeles? Yes, you guessed it. Ringers here in the Los Angeles area are going to be getting together for the 10th anniversary Uh, party, the 10th anniversary, because it was December of 2001 when the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring first hit theaters and people eyes were opened to what beauty yes. there was. Now, of course, we, we uh, elves being a little bit late bloomers sometimes, I didn't discover the movies until March after there was mentions of it in the Oscars, and I thought, you know what? I think I need to go back and see that movie. And, of course, that started my, which in March will be my 10-year anniversary of my adventure of life as an elf. So here they're going to be showing all three movies. Is that right? They're going, well, here's the, here's the notice from my favorite website, theonering.net. It'll be hosting, that is, the OneRing.net itself will be hosting mm-hmm. this party to celebrate the 10th anniversary release at Ye Old King's Head in Santa Monica, California. This will be on Saturday, December 17th at 1 p.m., limited space, so if necessary and you want to get tickets, you better uh, click on the uh, handy-dandy ticket form. This is the OneRing.net is the uh, website, and if you have questions, you can contact... Uh, the Tani, the Elf Princess's friend, Garfemeo at the OneRing.net, and I'll spell that G A R F E I M A O at the OneRing.net. So, all of this information basically you can see there. Ain't it cool news? Quint of Ain't it cool news who is a very famous film reviewer mm-hmm. and sort of tells things while films are in production. Got embedded with the Hobbit movie, and his report from the set number five is there. What does it, that mean? Well, he is actually an extra in the film. Oh. He's on set. He's oh, actually on okay. set. So he's not only a film reporter, but he's a film reporter embedded in the actual production. But so how do they how do because they all have to sign these releases that they can't say anything. How does that work for a reporter? Well, what happens is all of his stuff is vetted by ah, the production management. Okay. Yes. So he only gets to leak what they want. He only gets to leak what they want. However, he does have some spoilers, so if you don't like that, don't read his articles. Okay. But they're available at ain'titcool.com, and this is his fifth episode. Now, also on the winring.net, you'll find a wonderful Christmassy, and of course our Christmas show is in two weeks, but you'll find a wonderful Christmassy video done by the fabulous Jib Jab Animation Studio called Hobbiting Around the Christmas Tree. <laughs> and you see this sort of um, ni- what we call technically naive animation. It's simple animation, but beautifully and brilliantly done, where you have the faces of the actors in The Hobbit which is the movie we're talking about, by yes. the way, The Hobbit, which is going to be released just one year from now, yes. December 14th, 2011, 2012, 2012. Oh, my gosh. But they have a wonderful little video there, so go to the OneRing.net for that. And finally, oh, my gosh, it's so exciting. I mean, there's other stuff we could talk about, Cumberbatch and Bjorn and all this, 
But the most important news, Elf Princess, is you want to see The Hobbit. You don't want to wait a year. Here is the news. According to something that was let slip by Elijah Wood in an interview, Mm. The Hobbit is almost certainly going to be before Tintin, which premieres in this country December 23rd. So guess where I'm going to be first showing December 23rd. I will be at Tintin, and I'll be there just to see the Hobbit trailer. Ooh, the, t- December What we 23rd. call a teaser trailer. What day trailer. of the week is that on? Oh, it's on a Thursday, right? December 23rd, I believe, is yeah, a Friday. That's I, right. That's I believe right. That's December right. 23rd Christmas is a Friday. Christmas What's Christmas? Saturday, yeah. And Christmas is a Sunday, therefore <clears throat> so it must be a Friday. So maybe they'll have a midnight showing. They might well. I don't know if I'm up for that, <laughs> but I may be. <laughs> I've done a couple of midnight showings. They're a lot of fun. Um... We went to Harry Potter, and then, of course, the Two Towers was amazing, <coughs> uh, with a big line party, and we all sang Christmas carols, elvish Christmas carols that we re- rewrote the lyrics to. So, um, anyway, this so that's show the current fun. rumor. It's yet to be yes. confirmed, but that's the movie uh, news for this week. Well, um, two weeks from now, we'll be back, and... Um, Although I I love uh, doing the Phenomenal Woman show on alternating weeks, I do have to say I will be uh, excited that we will be going back to a weekly show in the in the winter quarter because it's just there's well, just the too many. Well, the winter quarter things. is winter of 2012. Yes, it's January so. 2012, just, just January. and it'll be less than a year before the first mo- Hobbit movie comes out. Well, in just a few moments, we're going to have a call in for our from our guest and that today, guest, and I want to stay. I can't. I, I want to. An, I got to announce this. This is so <laughs> thrilling to me as a classical mu- music fan. <laughs> Robert Patterson of Buffalo, New York. Well, he was born there. Robert Patterson, our guest, is the Classical Recording Foundation 2011 Composer of the Year. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So uh, I want to play some of his music just to give people a little taste and invite them in. In case you're just listening, this gives you a few moments to go call one of your friends. If you are listening in through the Internet, uh, we say welcome and um, uh, let your friends know. You have time to get, you know, Get them all gathered up. Robert Patterson play. in person and, and on this, our airwaves. This CD is just being Live. released today. So here is the first, you know, of the first offerings of the Book of Goddesses uh, CD. Beautiful, beautiful CD. And we are going to hear from the track called Saraswati, which Saraswati, um, you know, the one of the goddesses dedicated to the arts and music. The and, Hindu uh, goddess of all knowledge. Yes. And... Um, so anyway, I'm just going to cut to the music because he should be calling any moment yes. and I wanted our our listeners to be able to just take this in. I listened to it earlier with headphones Me and too. that would be my recommendation because you just it just it's like elvish music um, it's totally elvish music. It just takes you into a beautiful realm. So here is Robert Patterson's from the re- newly released just today, The Book of Goddesses, and this is Saraswati. This is KUCI in Irvine.
are listening to KCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM. This is What Would Arwen Do? I am Tani Tanuviel here today with Milo Lomsdown, my Hobbit co-host, and you are listening to the just-released-today CD, The Book of Goddesses, by Robert Patterson. And right now we're listening to a track called Soshi Quetzal, before that, we heard Saraswati, and this is performed by Maya. And we have, in fact, Robert here joining us in just a few moments, but we're going to give you just a little bit of background. Maya, a trio formed, and this from the liner notes from this absolutely gorgeous CD. Maya, a trio formed in 2005, presents the unique combination of flute, harp, and percussion, performing newly written music, music from different world cultures, and incorporating and improvisations into its performances. The mission of Maya is to perform, record, and commission music from a broad variety of composers with a special emphasis toward nurturing relationships with emerging composers as well as expanding its repertoire with music from a variety of cultures. Maya's performances reflect the artistic vision of its members who are creating a repertoire that mirrors their expanding ideals of beauty in an increasingly connected world. And their website is mayatrio, that's M-A-Y-A-T-R-I-O dot com, mayatrio dot com. And Hop, dear Hobbit co-host, could you give us a little information about the incredible composer of this work? Well, it's just astounding that we have live with us shortly on the air Rob Patterson. Robert Patterson, who was born in 1970 in Buffalo, New York, is the Classical Recording Foundation 2011 Composer of the Year. Unbelievable. We are lucky enough to I have know, this. I'm and so on the excited. very day that the Goddesses the Book of CD, Goddesses. the Book of Goddesses CD is released. It's just so fabulous. Uh, as well as being a composer, by the way, uh, Mr. Patterson is a percussionist and instrumental in the commissioning of six mallet works for solo marimba. Mm. Well, this beautiful CD has beautifully illustrated and beautifully printed liner notes, including something about Robert Patterson. Cited by the press as one of the major contenders in American music and writing exuberant and rhythmically vital music marked by energy and a wonderful sense of color, the music of Robert Patterson continues to be in demand by audiences and musicians alike. And I must say, Elf Princess, I listened to the Book of the Goddesses earlier on speakers. You said it was great on headphones. Well, I can tell you it's great on speakers as well. Um, Patterson's music has been played by numerous international ensembles, including the Louisville Orchestra, the Magnum Corum, etc., etc. We have the Philharmonia Quintet in Krakow, too numerous really to mention in our precious time here. He is a musical live composer in residence with the Vermont Youth Orchestra. He's had numerous commissions, including two new choral works, which I love choral music, as yes, you know, I know you do. two new choral works for conductor Nicole Matt and the Chamber Choir of Europe. Fabulous. So he has uh, also studied at the Eastman School and Indiana University and gotten his DMA at Cornell. I don't want to waste a whole lot of more time. I oh, think yes, that gives you an indication that he's just wonderful. Absolutely. And for those of our listeners, because this is what would Arwen do, and of course we love to celebrate the works of G.R. Tolkien and 
all things Middle Earth. I thought we'd read just a tiny little paragraph uh, relating to art and music from the Silmarillion, which is the backstory to The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, of course, as we're anticipating The Hobbit coming. And um, this is the backstory of all the elves and their interactions with men. And the, I'm going to have you read just a very small paragraph about Finrod Feligund. So in the days when men first came into the map, to the west, there was Beor the Old, and he and his men were camping around a campsite and were asleep. And of course, the elves are known for their music and minstrelsy and how they are able to create, envision the things of which they sing. So if you could read here, of this is, so picture the men, the, these are the mortals, the men that have first come into the west, and this is their very first encounter with one of the leaders of the Eldar. From the Silmarillion, the chapter on the coming of men into the west. Now men awoke and listened to Felagund as he harped and sang, and each thought that he was in some fair dream, until he saw that his fellows were awake also beside him, but they did not speak or stir while Felagund still played, because of the beauty of the music and the wonder of the song. Wisdom was in the words of the elven king, and the hearts grew wiser that hearkened to him, for the things of which he sang, of the making of Arda and the bliss of Amman beyond the shadows of the sea, came as clear visions before their eyes, and his elvish speech was interpreted in each mind according to its measure. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Yes, I love that. And that's one of the things I love, listening to Robert Patterson's music earlier. It's like, the last time I had this experience was listening to um, Philip Glass's Orion, where I, my my heart exclaimed, oh my gosh, this is creation music. And I had that same experience this morning listening, just being transported into this amazing land where the goddesses dwell. So we do, in fact, have Robert Patterson here today to join us. Robert, are you there? I am. Welcome, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and uh, spend some time with us today. And congratulations on the release of your CD today. Thanks. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really delighted to be here tonight. Yeah, and and this is uh, the Book of Goddesses. Mm-hmm. And could you tell us a little bit about where this, the whole idea for this came from? I mean, you have just done work in so many areas. Mm-hmm. And Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, you know, my so my initial inspiration for this uh, the CD, the Book of Goddesses, and the source of the title. Uh, it's the book of the same name by an author named Chris Waldhair, uh, who lives in Brooklyn, and she's an author, illustrator, designer, and cellist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, her book contains descriptions and images of female deities from around the world. And so what I did in this piece is rather than focus on one goddess uh, from any particular culture, I highlighted a few that seemed to evoke something musical mm-hmm. or dance-related or even sensual. Um, and that's what I was going after. And uh, so I drew music from countries as div- and continents as diverse as India, China, Greece, Ireland, North America, Nigeria, and Cuba, actually. Um, so and what I try to do in this piece is fuse my own sound world w- with the music from each culture. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I, I guess I've said before that I, I, to other people, I like to view myself as somebody from the outside looking in. Um, so, like, more, of an, more like an observer. Uh, than any than a master of any of these styles because I, I would never claim that especially of something like Indian music you know mm-hmm. um, and so and the, the, all the different parts the flute harp and percussion parts are inspired by similar instruments uh, found in each color uh, each culture so for example um, in Shiwang Mu uh, the movement that's based on a Chinese goddess it's inspired by a kongu and which is an ancient Chinese harp mm-hmm. 
And the solo bass flute movement, uh, Astanat Lehi, is inspired by uh, a Native American flute, which is actually naturally sounds really low. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, and the percussion instruments, which are kind of earthy, you know, kind of provide a base for all of this because percussion is so common, especially hand drums in all these different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and it's just, um, it's it's so beautiful. I love the weaving of the instruments, and then the percussion kind of comes in. It really reminds me so much of the of Luthien, you know, perhaps dancing in the forest mm-hmm. of Neldoreth, how mm-hmm. she would have just, it's so, it's just, it feels so spontaneous. Oh, you know? good. Well, then I did my job. <laughs> it, it definitely, to my ears, also sound as elvish music. Very, yeah. very much so. Very, very spontaneous. And I loved, as I was looking, you know, this morning, I just kind of uh, got to immerse myself somewhat in the CDs. I wanted to thank you so much uh, mm-hmm. for sending us a copy to, um, and sure. it's yeah. just so beautiful. So as I was thank listening you. to it, I was reading through some of the liner notes. I mean, it's quite quite educational just for those mm-hmm. who are interested in, you know, some lore about goddesses to oh, yeah, look yeah. In, in your CD. Yeah, and you know, Chris's book, by the way, I mean, she's got these beautiful books. She's got a lot of beautiful books on different subjects, like uh, one about queens and another one I think maybe about princesses or maybe that's one she's planning in the future. But this one on goddesses, I mean, it's a huge, like, coffee table-sized book filled Mm -hmm. with beautiful images and stories of goddesses, which when I saw this, I was just kind of blown away, and I thought, wow, you know, what what if somebody in the distant future, like, were to unearth this and find this, yes. I think they would think it's so interesting. Like, who are all these these goddesses? What is this? You know, I mean, <laughs> it, it just seemed like something that uh, more like a historical document than right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also so beautifully done and ornate. Yes. Um, and so I just, you know, I was kind of taken with the whole thing. And then after meeting her, she was so nice and. And we got along so well. It just the, the whole project has just seemed to gel, you know. Well, so yeah. what a wonderful blessing that she was able to um, work with you on this. I mean, oh, I yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I went online and I have so many goddess books. I don't know. I mean, I'm always <laughs> discovering new ones, and I had not uh-huh. discovered hers yet. So uh-huh. I, I uh-huh. went on her website and I was looking at her artwork, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm I am I I do feel like I'm familiar with some of her artwork, artwork, but then I haven't. And actually, the library has the book, so I immediately put it on mm-hmm, hold. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pick it up later this week. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But as I was looking through the CD, that you, she actually, these, this is her artwork that's in your right, beautiful right, yeah. CD package. Uh huh. Yeah. And so, you know, I kind of, um, I, what my, my hope was when I met her, and I didn't think it was going to turn into such an elaborate project. Uh-huh. I originally just thought maybe she would, you know, give me the license to use one of the images on the cover or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then the more I talked to her and the more I looked at some of her other, some of her books, which are really elaborate, I just kind of asked her, I said, well, would you, if we can find the time and we, you know, kind of schedule us for far enough in the, enough in the future, would you be willing to design the whole thing? If, and especially if I just let you basically do what you want. Uh-huh. She goes, oh, she goes, no, no, I want you to tell me what to do. She was really, really actually get forgiving like that. And I said, no, no, we, we kind of... <laughs> Almost fought back and go, no, no, you do what you want. No, no, Rob, you tell me what you want, like that. And finally it ended up, I mean, we kind of just compromised. And, yes. you know, yeah. So, um, and we've had a lot of fun, too, because she, she loves music. She plays cello in an orchestra in Brooklyn. Um, you know, we both have kids, and so and our kids are around the same age, so they've had play dates together a couple times now. And it's been, it's been, and it was interesting to me that this is just so random. I found her book by accident on Amazon. You know, and uh-huh. just looking like you, like I've, I was looking for goddess books, and I bought a couple others. But then seeing in the in the description her bio that she's in Brooklyn, and then I'm finding her online, and the whole thing just became this 
this it's like something that makes you really enjoy using the internet just for things like that when it brings people together you know yes and so. the, and the muses that work with us when we uh set out on a creative endeavor i mean right. it's so right. wonderful that you kind of had this and then you know the universe began to just like draw the stars into alignment to make this project come together and now look at this absolutely just fantastical fantastically beautiful not only um, you know, to listen to, but also visually, this uh, CD that you have produced. I'm just, I'm so yeah, excited yeah, about you. it. Yeah. Well, as yeah, Gandalf yeah. said in Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. things that may appear random, in fact, quote, cannot yes. be said, but other than it was meant to be. Yeah. End quote. <laughs> the, the power of of uh-huh. synchronicity. Well, one of the things that I wanted to, uh, I thought was wonderful this morning as I was looking through this and listening to the music, mm-hmm. is just um, and and I guess for me because I've never really known a com- a composer, you know, to like mm-hmm. s- to sit down and talk to someone who composes. Like, where does this come from, and what you know? How does this you know, when someone says, okay, I want you to compose something, if someone commissions you to compose something, it's like, where, where does, where does all of that come from? And I was reading just little things that I thought, wow, this is amazing. Like on here on Aphrodite, as you were doing your research for her and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, how she came, um, part of the legend. And, you know, the, many of these goddesses have variations of their, of their, uh, myths as you, um, read them from different authors and from different cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, but it talks about how she was, um, you know, you said I was all uh, here in your liners. I was also inspired by the painting "The Birth of Venus" by Sandro Botticelli, depicting mm-hmm. Venus emerging from the ocean on a half scallop shell. Mm-hmm. At the mm-hmm. end of the movement, I call for wind chimes made from scallop shells. Oh yeah, yeah, similar right. to the one in Botticelli's <laughs> painting. So it's interesting to me that you're not only composing this music, but you're actually saying, okay, it has to be played a certain way, and the chimes have to be made from scallop shells. How does yeah. that work? Well, I'm, I'm a little obsessive, I think, as you can tell, and I'm very detail-oriented. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. So, I, you know, I, I just thought, okay, well, I want a wind chime sound, and I know being, I'm a percussionist, you know, so I know that there are wind chimes made out of seashells. So then really? I thought, well, ah. I don't think it's interesting enough just to have seashells. I want to try to find, just because I think scallop shells, and I thought to myself, I know what they sound like, a little bit clinking together. Uh-huh. Like just being a percussionist, I've clinked together thousands of things in my lifetime, even <laughs> scallop shells, you know. <laughs> so I thought, well, if I had a whole bunch of those, like as, a wind, as wind chimes, and then I, of course, using, the, you know, the good old inter- Internet, you know, I started looking around, and I think, by the way, these scallop shells actually came from California, I ah. think. But I'm not sure, but I tried even to find the exact scallop shells that Botticelli had painted, like, because that's a specific kind, you know? Yes. And I think I got something that was either fairly close, or I, I can't remember if it was exactly the same, but it was, it was extremely close. And so I just thought, you know, if, if I'm going to, I like varying details like that inside the music, so that yes. if somebody really loves the music and digs deeply, they can, they can really find some stuff in there that's very symbolic or, or intriguing, you know, yes. that makes the music more whole. Well, to um, me, that's like the elvish magic part of it. Mm-hmm, because, mm-hmm. I mean, just listening to the music, if you're just ser- someone listening, uh, you wouldn't necessarily know that those chimes were from scallop shells and that you had done it <laughs> intentionally because uh-huh. it uh, related to, Afro- you know, f- to Aphrodite. Right, and right, and yeah. yet, that's in the music. So, it, yeah, you know, the yeah. magic is woven in into the music through, well, through those wonderful details. <laughs> yeah, Milo, I you mean, wanted I, to... Thank you. I, I, I just love 
Um, you know, even if nobody hears all that stuff, you know, even if you don't know all these little details and you just are sitting on a beach listening to this or in your bathtub or in your just laying outside or something, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. I never expect everybody to know all this, but even if you just kind of, you know, you kind of absorb it just through the sound of the music or you just kind of maybe fall for it enough that you're like, wow, okay, I want to learn a little bit more, so I'm going to open up the booklet and check it out. Yeah. That's fine. I, I think everybody has a unique, should have a unique experience with the music, you know? It's so, it's very, very, very beautiful music. It's accessible without being trivial and just lovely to listen to. I have not you. listened to the entire album yet, I must admit, but I've listened to the first three and the last three. Mm-hmm. And there's so much task. First of all, I don't know if you've heard of the Alloy Orchestra as a as a percussionist. You may have heard of them. They've, yeah, they've accompanied yeah, silent movies them, yeah. at the Telluride Film Festival, and they are all like found objects, and mm-hmm. it's all percussion, but it's a beautiful way to accompany a silent movie. But to my question for you, <laughs> uh-huh. Dr. Patterson, Professor Patterson, oh, well, no. <laughs> uh, I, I have... Two main questions. The first one is, you yourself are a percussionist, and when looking mm-hmm. at the liner notes, I noticed that you did not do the percussion. Now, on the one hand, you're known as a marimba specialist, but mm-hmm. why did you choose someone else to do the percussion on this recording? Well, one of the one of the reasons is because the trio, Maya, um, is, is, in a, is already a set trio. So they have John Hadfield, who's this wonderful percussionist that plays in the trio, um, is already the you know, a member, and so they, they rehearse together not just my music, but they do perform other composers' music. So they rehearse together all the time and know each other really well. So, and they have kind of a dynamic and a rapport as a, as a trio. So, it, at least in my, in my world, it would be odd for me, even as, even as somebody who does play percussion, to kind of step in and take over for him or something. That's the first thing. And this, the second reason is because John is so much better a hand drummer than I am. I mean, I, my focus actually as a percussionist is marimba, and mostly playing marimba with six mallets, um, and which is odd, and that's kind of uh, hopefully interesting on its own for what it is. But but it's not what he does, and he specializes in world music and mm. play, playing drums and instruments from a, a, from different cultures that aren't from the Western culture. You know, mm-hmm. very beautiful. One, yeah, fu- one. But fu- I have a secret about the secret, though. So, oh, oh is, tell us a secret. <laughs> there are a couple spots, but I can't remember exactly where. But there's a few spots, maybe two or three. Where just because we didn't want to mess mess up the how like say the wind chimes were ringing, mm-hmm. but there may have been like a little ding on a crotale, uh, which is like a little finger symbol. I actually did go down in the recording booth and play a couple of those dings just Ooh. so that just so that the wind chimes wouldn't get messed up because he didn't want to like have to like jiggle the wind chimes the wrong way. We wanted it to be just so. Uh-huh. Oh so I, my I, But in a live setting, you would never know. But in a recording where everything's so refined and you can hear every tiny little detail, we mm-hmm. wanted it just right. <laughs> So I didn't give myself credit for that in the liner because it wasn't worth it, but but I did do that. Well, that's but, you, a wonderful but you did thing get to, know. to participate. So I did, yeah. I mean, that, that happens sometimes. And I, and I actually, I enjoy that in the way I think directors of movies would enjoy having a tiny little <laughs> acting part in their own movie. So, <laughs> so you know. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of curious as far as just the uh, the process of this because you are the composer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maya commissioned you to write this f- for them, right? Right. And mm-hmm. so yeah. then, when you actually, because you you know you've got all these artistic people, you've got mm-hmm. yourself as the composer. You have an idea of how this music should sound. They right. are art- artists with instrument instruments interpreting it. Who kind of gets the final say of what it's supposed to sound like for <laughs> you know the finished product? Well, you know, it, in, in my planet, the way, and I think this would work similarly even with bands, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe a little less so because sometimes bands can be a little more collaborative. Um, generally, in the in the kind of 
modern classical music world, or at least, well, and this, by the way, I don't even think of it like that. I think of it as almost like a hybrid, um, mm. some kind of hybrid music. But um, basically, so I notate the music, and everything's basically fully notated, except there are some spots in various movements, like, for instance, Yamaya, uh, which is for a cajon, which is like a big wooden box, and then the, the uh, alto flute. Mm-hmm. And that, in that movement in particular, John's got all these solos. And so when John the drum John the drummer plays the solos, he actually improvises, ah. and, and that's and that's. But although it's pretty carefully notated in the music, mm-hmm. I say in the music ad lib and and do what you want here. Like I give him a lot of liberties so mm. he can do the inflections the way he wants. But if he were to play exactly what's on the page, it would actually sound I, I hope pretty good anyway. And in fact, the recording is <laughs> pretty accurate. Uh-huh. The recording is pretty accurate to what's generally on the page. But there are some little spots here and there where he gives some flourishes and does a few little extra things and. As any good percussionist would do, because percussionists are, if they do that kind of drumming, they're really good at improvising, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and you know, and, and they trust me enough that when they commission the piece, I'm going to give them something that they're going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. But I have to say, I think they were, they were all kind of surprised that it was so dancey. Like they, because, you know, they're oh, used to yes. commissioning pieces that are a lot more gritty. And so when I gave them this very choreography, dance inspired piece, they're like, oh, wow, this is, this is great, Rob. We didn't expect necessarily this kind of piece from you like this, you know? Yes. And, um, yeah. <clears throat> so, and then it's a team effort between the musicians, the performers, so then they put their own flourishes in it as performers and take time or give and take and ebb and flow. And then finally in the studio, the producer or the, engin- and the engineer, who is usually the same person in this situation, will also help shape the piece when the editing is being done and, and just kind of saying, oh, well, let's use that take because that's a more flowy take or let's use that, that section for that piece there because that just they, that Sato, the flute player, played a really beautiful solo there. Uh, and so, and then that this guy was Adam Abe's house, who, by the way, is a multi-Grammy winning engineer and producer. So he would help pick some of those sections that he mm. thought would work really well. Well, it's yeah. just absolutely amazing. And um, I know um, Milo has another question I'm going to let him ask. I want to make a quick announcement. We have about five more minutes. I'm going to let us go over a little bit. But I want to thank you very much for oh, sending you. us a review copy of the CD, <clears throat> which again is, is releasing today. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is the book. Published of, by AMR Records. Yes, by mm-hmm. uh, Robert Patterson. And uh, that's P-A-T-E-R-S-O in the Book of Goddesses. And we do have... Have a. Um, it's unbelievable. I know we have a this beautiful signed copy of the. Uh, We're staring at CD. it right now. Yes. It's so gorgeous. <laughs> and um, so we have a review copy. But what else do we have, Elf Princess? We have because we elves and we hobbits love to give gifts, and apparently Robert Patterson, I think, who I believe is pretty elvish in nature, loves to give <laughs> give gifts as well. We have a signed copy of the CD <clears throat> for a caller who would like to call in. So, um, this is KUCI FM Irvine. This is KUCI FM in Irvine, and we're going to continue talking a little bit. But uh, if you want to call in and have a chance at getting this CD, okay, we're going to. Too bad we don't have a little bit of a drum roll or something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're going to give the call in number, which is nine four nine eight two four five eight two four again nine four nine eight two four. 
5824. And, uh, but, um, so we have just a few more minutes. Milo, you said you had another uh, question that you wanted to ask. Well, Rob? yes, I've only got 10,000 questions. Well, as, you only get one more. Because as Rob, I'm a, I'm a classical music fan. And we should mention mm-hmm. that Rob has a wonderful website with, with all kinds. Oh, and we have a caller coming in. There's a caller. Okay. I will stay with Rob. Uh, his website, by the way, is robpatterson.com. That's R-O-B-P-A-T-E-R-S-O-N dot C-O-M. And I urge you to go there because a blog and everything is just very wonderful. I had a question as, of course, we know from the Wikipedia article, and, and I've heard one of these. I haven't heard all of your work, but I've, I've, I've heard, um, Four Walden Canons, which is a marvelously evocative work. But you've mm-hmm. done lots of choral work and vocal mm-hmm. work, like eating variations. I'm dying to listen to that sometime. <laughs> uh, you, huh? The question I've, because hobbits love to eat six meals a day when they can get it. Wow, really? I'm, I want to be a hobbit. That's I'm great. curious. <laughs> we have the book of goddesses, and now we know that you were inspired by a book, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's about yeah, goddesses. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I was wondering why you chose no voice as part of the instrumentation. Um, well, you know, I mean, I could have. And the, although if you choose voice, then I would have probably wanted to have lyrics. Uh, but the other thing is that the trio doesn't include a vocalist. And neither, you know, the other two pieces that are on the CD, Freya's Tears and Embracing the Wind, also don't have voice. Um, but, you know, I love writing vocal music, and I've written a, quite a bit of it, actually, as you, as, you, as you mentioned earlier. So I think it just primarily had to do with, you know, what I was given. Um, so if you're given a certain kind of instrumentation, you just kind of, sometimes you, ha- you have to go with that. Um, and usually trios like that, like they don't want to augment with the way they're already set up with an outside person. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, a rock band inviting, a, a say, if it's a four-member rock band, they invite a fifth member. Well, maybe some rock bands do that a lot, but some are like, no, no, this is our band, the four, the four people, you know. Um, so they're kind of set like that, you know. Right, so basically yeah. that's, that's one of the differences between classical and jazz, where in right. jazz it's common, 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 common for a set trio or quartet to invite in a, an extra hand to just join in the jam session. Yeah, in exactly. classical, right. we really don't do that. And, and I know right. classical is sort of, for those of you that have gone to school, is a misnomer. I like mm-hmm. to call it contemporary art music. But, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but the common term is classical music, but this is not... This is not stuffy music, fans. This, <laughs> no, the Book of I, Goddesses I would, is I would, so beautiful. I would challenge anybody to listen to this and think Mozart or something. This is so not. Well, how can you I even mean, sit still? I mean, I believe I that Mozart, once. By the way, but you know, yeah. One, yeah. Once, once people listen to this, Tani, once the people who do ballet listen to this, they're going to approach Rob and say, "How about a little ballet?" I uh, know. Well, you know, I am so excited. I'm, I'm hoping at some point the Momix people will do a, 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 a perform, you know, a show. On, we saw Momix here at uh, UCI, me and the El- Shield yeah. and her husband. Yeah, I looked at their website. And, they're fantastic. Oh, they're yeah. just amazing because it's art and dance. And um, and I could totally see them doing a show on goddesses and using some of your music. Well, I have to say that I also um, would, you know, I'm hoping that it would be okay to use some of your music. I, I teach yoga and I also do... Um, and involved in intuitive dance um, mm-hmm. events, and mm-hmm. so we're always looking for wonderful, like world type music to you know do our intuitive dance to. So it's it's mm-hmm. very spontaneous, and especially uh, this morning as I was listening to Saraswati, I'm like, oh my gosh, this would be so <laughs> wonderful just to spontaneously dance to. Well, I was uh-huh. certainly boogieing in my seat, <laughs> as you know, Elf Princess. I don't dance, but I was. Yes. By the way, do we have a winner for our wonderful? Thank you, Rob, for the presentation mm-hmm. copy. Sure. We do. Yeah. 
Sanchez called from Santa Clara, and he is the winner. He's been said he's very much enjoying the show, and uh, was very excited to be able to get a copy of this beautiful. We have listeners from released, all over. Newly wow. released, yes, he was listening through the internet, and mm-hmm. uh, newly released a CD from. Uh, Robert Patterson, The Book of Goddesses. And you know what? We just have a couple of minutes left before we uh, wrap up. Um, just, Rob, for our listeners, again, the, you're listening to KCI. This is What Would Arwen Do? We are interviewing mm-hmm. Robert Patterson today. Could you give some uh, conf- um, contact information about, I know you have a wonderful blog that mm-hmm. uh, has some information, has the backstory kind of of where uh, the production for The Book of Goddesses came from, along with some other very interesting things that I wish we had time to talk about today. And mm-hmm. you have a website. Could you give out uh, that information for people sure. who might be interested? Yeah, yeah that'd be fine. Um, so the website is just robpatterson.com. Uh, it's just my name, so R O B P A T E R S O N dot com, C O M, and just one T. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then my blog, you can see if you just click, uh, there's a button there on my website. But also, um, if that's, I think it's robpatterson.wordpress.com. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, and then I have, you can buy this CD, by the way, through Amazon or CD Baby or iTunes. I think iTunes will happen probably tomorrow. Okay. Uh, you know, they take a little longer. Um, and, uh, yeah. But I urge our yeah. listeners yeah. to think twice. This is one of the times I'm going to urge our listeners to think twice before they click the iTunes button because the physical <laughs> oh, package yes. is so gorgeous. It is so beautiful, so beautiful. The pages are so well reproduced. Thank the you. images yeah. are so lovely. This is a time when, you know, it may be worth you know, some extra to get like, the real physical CD yes. package. I like the hands-on thing. And Rob, I have to ask, um, mm-hmm. do you, at this point, are there any plans for this to be uh, performed live anywhere? Or do you have anything, you know, set up yet? Or have you talked to anybody about, you know, the possible, you know, the setting up a dance interpretation? Do you have anything, yeah. is there anything that's coming up that people, you know, in different areas might be able to well, I know I know that the the Maya trio uh, they love traveling, so they love to they love to travel, and I know they do have plans to travel in the future around the country to play the, the piece. Oh, great! Um, great. And they they just a few actually within a matter of like one or two weeks ago they played uh, a whole bunch of the movements at Carnegie Hall. Oh. So they did play some of that there. Um, great. And so and as far as cor- being a choreographed, they're uh, I'm talking to a few choreographers here in New York City, uh, mm. you know, and just kind of discussing with them the possibility of choreographing this. Oh. Um, so I'm hoping that happens. So there will but, be, uh, uh, yeah. hopefully yeah. there will be announcements about that on your website? Yes, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. A good, a good a little yeah. reminder to make sure you keep us updated for those of us that want to follow your work and the production of it. Yes? Thank you. One yeah, final absolutely. question from Milo the Hobbit. One final question, Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you working on now? What can we look forward to? Are you thinking about an opera, chamber music, uh, uh, vocal uh, sonata? What are you thinking of next? Um, I am working on an opera right now and, and mm. doing parts of that through an organization in New York called American Opera Projects, of what's, which I'm a fellow this year. What's the topic? Um, well, the topic of this particular opera is it's about an opera singer who has an estranged relationship with a trucker. I mean, I'm trying to summarize this really quickly, and has a daughter their daughter's not with them anymore, and the whole story is about how they, their relationship gets, grows back together with their daughter who's uh, mentally challenged, and anyway, the daughter communicates through singing, and it's really complicated, but by the wow. end, yeah, so it gets, it gets you know, complicated. Yeah. And then I'm oh working on a piece God. for orchestra, choir, chorus, and narrator for the Vermont Youth Orchestra. That's my big project right now. And what's um, the topic of that? 
And that one, it's called A New Earth, and it's being narrated by environmentalist Bill McKibben, and oh. it's about the environment. Oh, my oh, gosh. Of course, yeah. I have to follow exactly what's going on. That You've got to post on your website, please, mm-hmm. uh, so that I can, because, of, of course, being an elf, we're very much concerned about the environment and the earth mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. things um, that cherish and nurture the earth, so I will definitely want to be... Um, Staying on top of that, and maybe we can have you on again before too long and, and talk about the progress of that. <laughs> oh, thank you. I would love that, yeah. Well, Robert, unfortunately, we are out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, and thank you for sharing your beautiful music and for being in the world as an artist. I want to say also, for those that are listening, the segments of Robert's music that we've been playing will be edited out for podcasts, but people certainly can find the Book of Goddesses. But today, uh, here at KUCI, the Blue and Gold Report um, is on a little vacation for the winter, so during the next hour that we would normally have the Blue and Gold Report, I will be playing selections from Robert Patterson's The Book of Goddesses right here on KCI. So if you're listening and you would like to hear some of this beautiful music that just keep was released today, keep listening, keep stay, listening. With us, stay with us through the 5 o'clock hour here at Pacific Time. Rob, um, we are out of time. I want to say, mm-hmm. a star shines on the hour of our meeting. I hope one day to be able to meet you in person, Definitely. since yeah. uh, we've only be, um, been able to to meet voice to voice, but thank you so much for graciously coming and joining us today and for doing this beautiful work and for enriching the world with your creative gifts. Thank you so much. It was great. Thank you. Milo, do you want to say anything? Thank you and goodbye. <laughs> okay. Thanks. So uh, we'll, we'll talk soon. Thank you again so much. Okay. Thank you. Bye. This is KUCI in Irvine. Please stay tuned for, in just a few moments, we'll be having some of the music of Robert Patterson from the Book of Goddesses. So, dear Hobbit, uh, for our listeners, will we we will be back in two weeks. Dear Elf Princess, in two weeks we will be back for our annual Christmas show celebrating J.R.R. Tolkien's fabulous Letters of Father Christmas. So this is KCI in Irvine. I am Tani Genuvio. My Hobbit co-host and I wish you a lovely, lovely two weeks, and we will see you. And I will be back next week with Phenomenal Women. But until then, uh, here's a little teensy bit more teaser music from Robert Patterson's book, a little replaying of uh, Aphrodite that we played at the uh, beginning of the show. This music from Robert Patterson, KCI in Irvine.